0: Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining this week's edition of the Albany Update. When compared against other states, where do you think the state of New York ranks in terms of respect for religious freedom? If you guessed that New York ranks dead last, you'd be right. The Center for Religion, Culture, and Democracy has created a website called religiouslibertyinthestates.com. That website ranks each of the 50 states in regard to 29 separate religious liberty protections that can be measured based on a straightforward reading of state law. Those protections include state religious freedom restoration acts, employer exemptions from contraceptive mandates, and exemptions from child immunization requirements. New York received a 16% overall rating. New York's last-place finish is consistent with its deeply flawed public policies. Over the past several years, our state has enacted a series of laws that treat religious freedom as nothing more than a nuisance. In 2019, the legislature passed the Counselor Coercion Law, which bars Christian counselors from assisting minor clients who seek freedom from unwanted same-sex attraction, and the Boss Law, which bars employers, faith-based or otherwise, from implementing pro-life employee conduct policies. That same year, the legislature repealed an exemption that had previously allowed parents to exempt their children from school vaccination requirements on religious grounds. During the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic, Christian New Yorkers endured a series of executive actions that trampled upon their freedom to assemble for church services. Some of those actions were held unconstitutional in court. And this year, the legislature struck again, enacting an abortion insurance mandate that affects faith based charities. Our state's Division of Human Rights has fined a family owned Christian business for declining to hold same sex marriage ceremonies under their own roof. More recently, the New York State Office of Children and Family Services tried to shut down a Christian adoption agency for declining to place children in same sex homes. That effort was only thwarted by the federal courts. Christians, we have our work cut out for us to help the Empire State climb out of the religious liberty cellar. Looking to another matter, and this time on the national level, the Biden administration's proposed Title IX rule has received more than 349,000 public comments. Title IX is a 1972 law that bans sex discrimination in federally funded schools and education programs. Title IX has been the subject of controversy in recent years. During the administration of President Barack Obama, the U.S. Department of Education released a so-called guidance document claiming that Title IX banned discrimination based on gender identity and instructing schools to allow transgender students to use opposite-sex facilities. Under President Donald Trump, the Education Department interpreted Title IX differently. The department correctly asserted the Title IX did not require public schools to give transgender students access to opposite-sex locker rooms and restrooms. In June, under the leadership of President Joe Biden, the Education Department proposed a Title IX rule that would once again require public schools to protect against discrimination based on gender identity. The proposed rule would also interpret Title IX to include a ban on discrimination based on sexual orientation, and would relax due process requirements for investigations into sexual misconduct at colleges and universities. Fifteen Republican attorneys general have spoken out in opposition to the proposed rule. The group has argued that the proposed rule would conflict with state laws that protect the integrity of girls' sports, would conflict with the text of Title IX itself, and would improperly intrude into parental decision-making regarding the education and upbringing of their children. According to one media outlet, religious freedom and free speech advocates warn that the proposed rule change could be used to enforce mandates on hiring, bathrooms using preferred pronouns and dress codes. In a strange twist, more than 160,000 public comments disappeared from the federal government's website recently. Sarah Parshall Perry, of the Heritage Foundation's Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, commented that, Whether the sudden loss of nearly 200,000 citizen comments stems from incompetence or obfuscation, the Department of Education has some explaining to do. Defense of Freedom Institute for Policy Studies, President Robert Eitel, has stated that it is possible but improbable that comments from the public will persuade the Biden administration to withdraw the proposed Title IX rule because there is a core political constituency that is demanding this change. This analysis is correct. The sway that the LGBT lobby holds within the Democratic Party makes it extraordinarily unlikely that the Biden administration will reconsider this damaging proposed rule. On September 15, the New York Times and Politico.com reported that U.S. Senate leadership had put off its plans to vote on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, H.R. 8404, sponsored by New York's own Gerald Nadler. If passed, the RMA would keep same-sex marriage legal even if the Supreme Court were to overturn its 2015 decision that found same-sex marriage to be a protected constitutional right. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat of New York, had previously indicated that he intended to bring the bill to the Senate floor in the coming weeks. The decision to put up a vote on the RMA indicates that the bill's supporters either did not have the votes to pass the RMA now, or were uncertain about whether they had the votes to do so. Either way, this is a victory, but only in the short term. A bipartisan working group of Senate Respect for Marriage Act supporters released a statement indicating that after the November elections, we will have the bipartisan support to pass the bill. According to Senator Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat from Wisconsin, five Republican senators have endorsed the RMA, while three others are soft supporters. A spokesperson for Leader Schumer expressed disappointment that there aren't 10 Republicans in the Senate willing to vote yes on marriage equality legislation at this time, and added that Leader Schumer will hold the bipartisan group to their promise that the votes to pass this marriage equality legislation will be there after the election. Reports indicate that the bipartisan group has agreed upon religious freedom language to include in the RMA To date, however, that language has not been released to the public. The delayed vote on the RMA could mean that some Senate Republicans have agreed to vote for the RMA only if it is brought to the floor after Election Day. In other words, some Senate Republicans may want to support same sex marriage, but may not have the political will to vote for it when they have to face the voters in less than two months. Instead, those senators would prefer to hold a vote after the elections in the hope that conservative voters will forget about it by Election Day 2024. Christians who reside in states that are represented by Republicans in the U.S. Senate should contact their senators and urge them to vote against the RMA, or what we call the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Now, turning a corner and thinking a little more broadly, it's September and football season is upon us. Chances are that you or a football fan you know is geared up for the season. Whether they plan to watch college football or the NFL, football fans have begun to pull out their neatly laundered jerseys, check their ESPN apps for game times, and gather friends to cheer on their teams. At the Center for Childhood Innocence, we invite parents to be their children's biggest fans. Let me explain what we mean. When it comes to their children's sexuality and gender identity. Some parents are finding out just how much the game has changed since they were kids. In 21st century America, left-wing institutions, entertainment, media outlets, public schools, and Planned Parenthood, to name a few, present America's young people with damaging lies. What damaging lies, you may wonder? Well, here are a few. My sexual identity is based on my feelings. All people have the right to sexual gratification. Sex has no meaning or purpose behind the personal pleasure it brings me. It is not a gift from God given to unite married couples and bring new life into the world. Some will tell other lies, such as an unwanted pregnancy is nothing more than a nuisance that a pregnant woman has the absolute right to terminate. Or that like my sexual identity, my gender identity is based on my feelings. Therefore, I may have a gender identity that differs from or is completely at odds with my biology. I have the right to change my body to make it match my gender identity. Here's another lie. Moral principles pertaining to sexuality and gender identity, for example, the principle that young people should abstain from sexual activity until marriage, the principle that homosexual behavior should be avoided, and the principle that one's gender identity is fixed at birth present me from being my true self and are not valid. Or this one, anyone, including my parents, who does not affirm my choices, does not deserve my respect, and should not be a part of my life. These damaging lies are symptomatic of a larger worldview that leaves God entirely out of the equation. If there is no God and if we are just here by chance, I get to decide who I am. I am the captain of my soul, the master of my fate, and I can be whoever I want to be. It's all about me when young people embrace damaging lies, the wreckage is real. That wreckage can include abortion, sexually transmitted disease, medical problems arising from so-called sex reassignment procedures, and breakdown in family relationships. Parents are left asking, how did this happen, and what can I do about it? How can parents protect their children and teens from damaging lies? How can families thrive in such chaotic times? Well, here are some helpful suggestions for Christian parents. First, dialogue with your kids about sexuality and gender identity. If you won't, someone else will. The abortion industry would like nothing better than to be your child's resource for information about sex and reproduction. Also, activists promoting gender confusion may take on the role of cheerleader, offering to be a child's glitter family as a way to replace parents that are unaffirming. In a recent webinar, representatives of the Center for Childhood Innocence interviewed Dr. Aaron Brewer about practical ways for parents to develop healthy relationships with their children. We encourage parents to watch that interview and to give Dr. Brewer's suggestions careful consideration. Young people whose relationships with their parents are characterized by honest, authentic communication are well-equipped to avoid being influenced by damaging lies. Second, ensure that others respect your authority as a parent. Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, and Alfred Kinsey knew that children were the mechanism for changing the future. For that very reason, some view loving parents as a barrier to the political and social reforms they wish to promote. For example, former Planned Parenthood educator Monica Klein explains that Planned Parenthood views parents as an obstacle to their efforts to push birth control and abortion on young people please be on guard against those who would use your children to promote their agendas. Third, please be vigilant about what your son or daughter is reading, viewing, and learning. Many public school health curricula encourage children to be sexually autonomous by teaching them how to access services without their parents' knowledge or permission. Does your child's school offer a health class? Are outside speakers brought into the class and given access to your kids? What books are your children reading in English class? Do they address age-inappropriate topics? What internet websites does your child view? What videos does he watch? Do you dialogue about these matters with your children on a regular basis? Fourth, nurture your child's faith. Don't just talk about living a Christian life. Model it. Teach your children to read the scripture and pray. Help them to cultivate their own relationship with the risen Christ. Ultimately, that relationship will help them to know the truth and to recognize damaging lies to which they may be exposed to in our fallen, worldly culture. By engaging kids in a deep level and having real conversations with them about rough issues, parents can help to protect their hearts and minds from damaging lies.
0: You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Rev. Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107-107. Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash Albany Update, follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update, or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.